So it was really shocking, I think, for both of us to recognize, wow, I can't believe we're here. I don't know what it looks like to move forward because when you feel like you're doing everything right, it feels like you've exhausted all possible solutions other than medication. And yet at the same time, I think we are also starting to deal with a bigger life crisis. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and I am so excited to be back with the weekly shows. We're kind of moving away from the series for the time being and just diving back into every week with a different topic. And I'm thrilled to be here with the first podcast of this year as we dive into my health journey. Now, my health journey is one of the reasons I have such a different view of nutrition, of our body, and with that, it created this deep passion to help you understand more. Now, it's been a minute since we've done a health check-in, and so I wanted to come on at the start of the new year as I tell you why I feel stuck, and in the process, what has worked and what hasn't, and what I'm going to do moving forward. I also have a special guest on today's show, my husband, Peyton Sherm, who has been a guest on previous episodes like The Sex Talk. And the reason I wanted to bring him on was to just share an open look about how the health journey, my health journey, was more than just me, but it was about healing our relationship and so much more. So he's here to share a little bit more about his perspective, his side of the story, and also what he's doing to get healthier this year. Now, as always, don't forget to head to thelivingwell.com to get more information about today's show. And if you're not on the email list, you want to sign up. This year, I started a new email series called The Weekly Fill, where you get health updates, tips and tricks, meal plans, and so much more. It's just one email every single week that will help boost your week, stay engaged, and keep you accountable. Head on over to thelivingwell.com to sign up for that. Now, while you're there, don't forget to grab a nourish planner. It's the one tool that will help you live out health while also managing your entire life, creating more space to live. Plus, inside, you'll get monthly how-tos, like how to get healthy, which is the theme for January, and so much more. It's a tool that we're going to be using all year long right here on the planner. We're going to be talking more about that later in this episode, but if you haven't gotten a planner and you'd like to, you can use code LIVINGWELL at checkout for 20% off all planner products. Okay, that's it. Let's get right to today's show. I know it's a long one, but I think you're going to find it very beneficial in the future these will be much shorter shows. Okay, let's get right to the show. Welcome to the first podcast of the year. I brought back a special guest to start the year off as we talk about my health journey and what we've been through. And there's no better person than my husband, Peyton. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. Welcome back to the show. I'm surprised you came back on because I feel like after the summer sex talk series, a lot of people have mentioned they listen to you on the show, and I'm not sure that you always felt great about that. <laughs> we'll just say that the conversations can only get easier from here. Okay. <laughs> okay. So today I wanted to talk about my health journey because it's been a minute since I updated everyone. And um, honestly, a lot of my health journey lately has involved you. And so I thought we'd dive in. You were not prepped for the show in any way, shape, or form. Um, but at all, I do feel like you have a different perspective because you've watched this entire thing unfold 
And I just kind of wanted to start by giving a back, like quick overview of what happened. So I don't know how long ago it was. I want to say like seven or eight years ago. Is that how you feel about it? Seven or eight years ago? Kind of a blur. What part are you talking about? When I crashed and burned, like when I like initially just kind of fell off. Yeah. I think that's about right. Somewhere around there. So it was like right after we had our third daughter, um, you know, things were going well. I had owned a gym up until this point. I was working out. Um, I was kind of doing all of the right things. And then one cold January day, I got really sick. And I think at the time we just kind of both assumed it was like the flu or something like that. And again, the details are kind of fuzzy in there because I was really sick. We also had three little kids. We weren't getting any sleep. You were working full time. Like all of these things were going on, but needless to say, I crashed and burned. Um, No one really had any idea of what was going on with me. And I eventually started seeing a holistic practitioner, which really helped to uncover a lot of things at the root that were happening. But at the end of the day, what I learned was I was pushing my body to a pretty hard extreme even when I was pregnant and working, you know, like working, owning your own gym, you don't get pregnancy leave. Like I was going back into the gym days after we got home from the hospital. I wasn't saying I was working out, but it was still just a constant go, 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 go lifestyle. And that ended pretty abruptly. Like my ability to work out, uh, my ability to work as hard as I was kind of burned out. Everything kind of just left. I ended up gaining a bunch of weight really quickly, about 25 pounds in 30 days. I was a mess. I was kind of a train wreck. They had diagnosed me with Lyme's disease, stage one kidney failure. Uh, Again, a lot of things that we just didn't really understand, but being someone that likes to be in denial about a lot of things, I dismissed most of those diagnoses and ideas at the root of it, knowing that there had to be more than health. And I think it was here that my entire scope of what I believe about health really formed into something different. And I think the entire time, while I was really down on myself thinking I was a huge hypocrite for being a nutritionist and someone who uh, taught fitness classes to all of a sudden being on the other end of the spectrum, like one of the people I had helped or went into this business to help I was now living in that place and I was, it was really, really hard behind the scenes, Uh, many emotional breakdowns in the bathroom (laughs) and the bathtub. (laughs) Do you remember those All of the places. I do. What do you remember about it? I feel like you've kind of blocked it out too, but. I have a lot of that. I I kind of have, but um, no, I just remember just a lot of questioning of like, if this was going to be something you were going to be stuck with for the rest of your life. Right. Cause it felt like a life sentence. Like at that point, it felt like everything I'd worked for, everything I'd lived for was just gone. Like it had vanished and I didn't know who I was as a person. Um, and, and I think when you're talking about journey. some big things like kidney failure and things like that, then you immediately go down a really dark hole of like, what is the diagnosis and what am I going to have to deal with in order to recover from this or not even necessarily recover from it, but just maintain um, and reduce symptoms for the rest of your life. Like those were all questions I think we were wrestling with um, and just trying to figure out 
Like, is this going to be a major thing that you're going to have to deal with forever? Right. Right. Yeah. And again, I think I was in a lot of denial about that. Like I didn't want to attach the diagnosis to me. I didn't want to carry those labels and it's even kind of hard to say, or it feels surreal because I'm so far from that now. Um, but I was really still, I think at, in the deepest parts of my core, knowing there had to be more and not just saying like from a medical standpoint, because I think if we kept looking, <laughs> we would have found a lot more. And so for right or for wrong, I kind of pulled away and I just decided like my body can get well, like it was created well. And I think I have the capacity to get there. And through a lot of panic attacks and um, years of borderline depression, still working in this space, I was really determined to figure out what is this? Like, what does health mean? Because I don't understand how I can do everything right and crash and burn. And literally by doing everything right, like I was really living 95% of the time, like the true healthy lifestyle. Can you vouch for that? Like I was working out multiple times a day. We were eating healthy. I was following all the latest diet trends, like from health at that, what we knew of it at that time, I was living it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the number of off the wall ingredients that we were cooking with and eating and all of that, that was supposedly the best of the best of the day. Um, yeah, you, you had it all, like you were doing it all. Yeah. So it was really shocking. I think for both of us to recognize, wow, I can't believe we're here. I don't know what it looks like to move forward because when you feel like you're doing everything right, it feels like you've exhausted all possible solutions other than medication. And yet at the same time, I think we were also starting to deal with a bigger life crisis that we were really in. You know, you're, you're silent on that one. <laughs> he knows where this is going now. Anyways, I want to go fast forward to today. So this whole podcast was like the last two years, I feel like I've made huge leaps and bounds in my health and understanding what health really is. And at the same time, I still feel stuck. And so today I want to just proclaim that, that I have felt stuck. But I think as I was thinking about this podcast, I was looking back at the last three, few years, reflecting on how much work I have done, we have done together, and really recognizing that while that work felt so hard and it felt like it was going nowhere, I feel like I'm finally at that point in my life, in my health journey where my body is like, okay, now it's time. Now it's time to re-implement kind of these, um, a workout regimen, kind of these diet practices that we know do work, but they only work within a balanced and healthy body. And it took years for me to get to that place to kind of rebalance my body and not just my body, but my entire life. My entire life was out of balance. Our entire life was out of balance. And so, yes, I feel stuck. And I'm going to talk about at the end, what are some things I'm looking forward to, some things I'm going to start implementing this year because I really do feel ready. And that's what's so hard about health is I feel like a lot of the ideas that we have about health, like intermittent fasting and eating these certain foods, or maybe eating a little bit less or working out a little bit more, like those are well-researched ideas that should work. And the reason they don't work is because they don't work when our bodies are so far out of balance or living in survival mode. 
At that point, your body's going to fight against everything. And so really the goal of health that I found is, is moving our bodies away from that survival mode back into a state of balance where then you have a little bit more room to push your body, to create some resiliency and to do those hard things that I thought I could do while living in survival mode. And it's not possible. So you kind of have to go through this entire series of reevaluating your life. And no one wants to get on a health podcast and to dive into this, right? But it's so important. And why I'm such a big proponent of mindset work and soul work, because those are a huge player, if not a bigger player, and the overall functioning of your body. So if we back back up to my healing journey, I started doing all the things, right? Like I started learning that health is about energy movement and that I was just so low on energy that my body had nothing to go on. Therefore, it was going to start storing, hoarding, conserving it, which came in weight gain, which came in sluggishness. I couldn't really work out anymore. And if I did work out, if I did push past the pain, because I was really good at that, I crashed on the other side of the workout. Um, Like everything in my body was not working well. But a couple of years into treatment, I started to recognize there was a bigger component than just what I was doing to my body. And that was my mindset and also our relationship. And this is where I brought Peyton on because we've done a lot of work and our relationships and ourselves. And that hasn't been easy work, Um, but I think it's valued work, especially when it comes to the overall health of our body. So we, uh, I started going to counseling on my own. Um, did I go to counseling on my own first or did I decide that it was our problem? Really? I thought it was your problem that you were causing me <laughs> and that if I went to counseling with you, she would fix you and it would fix me. And the whole thing would be good. I can't remember. Did we start together? Or did we start alone? I think we started together together. So we've had three different count. I've had three different counselors. So that can show you like, um, <laughs> How I'm like, oh, you're not fixing me. So let me try someone else. Uh, and we've had two. We've had two. Yes. And they've both been valuable. Like, let's let's yeah. be honest. We've learned something from both of them. They've just different phases of life um, just needed pushed in different ways. Anyways, um, four years ago, we started going to counseling. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a moment longer than you think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like having fun, uh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Two to three years into my healing journey, I started to recognize my mind was a huge player and how I was feeling. And I started to do research on this. And that's really when I started to learn and understand how our body was more than just a physical body, but it was responding to everything that we do. And I once heard a counselor say, you're only as healthy as your most unhealthy relationship. And that that statement was like a light bulb moment went off in my brain where one, I had to think about that for a minute because I'm like, hold on, how is my health related to how someone else is treating me or how I feel in a different relationship? Like it didn't make a lot of sense at first because I was just taught to study the body, to look at the body, to count calories, to work out harder and to kind of live in the body. But what I started to realize is that how we think influences more than what we do, how our body's going to respond to everything that we do and how we think is often influenced by what we believe, by what we've been through, by the relationships that we're in. 
Um, and so we kind of started off with let's fix our relationship because we did have a lot of baggage. We both came from somewhat traumatic past yours more than mine, I guess you could say, but pain is pain. So, um, and trauma is trauma. Um, but we did have a lot to work on. And so we kind of started with that. And I don't think that we adamantly went into it thinking this is going to help Alexa, or this is going to heal my body. I'm not, I think it was more, we just have to get out of survival mode. And you were probably more like, I'm just going to do it because she told me to do it. Yeah. But I, I also feel like, you know, we talked about your initial health crash being what, eight years ago. Yeah. And you just mentioned counseling started four years ago. So there's a four year time frame in there where I feel like it really, a lot of our life was centered around the physical healing. And I feel like we kind of got to the point at, you know, three, four years into that, where you started to, um, you started to get more comfortable um, with where you were at and things were starting to turn around and change. And yet on the other hand, things still weren't really fully there. And so that's when I feel like we started to recognize there's, there's another aspect to this. Um, you know, like you talk a lot about the connection between the mind, body, and soul. And, you know, we were really focused on the body part of it and we were kind of, um, eliminating the other two areas. Um, and so I feel like that really was the transition, um, to where we started to focus more on the other two aspects of health. Right. Yeah. And I don't think in either one of us knew the impact that that was going to have. Um, I think it was just, we just can't keep living in survival mode any longer. Um, I couldn't keep living there. And while I think most days, I think even people around the area that know me are like, I had no idea you were sick. And, and I think that's the thing about a lot of illnesses is that, especially when you don't have a label or a diagnosis that you're willing to carry, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And it's easy to hide, not easy. I felt like I needed to hide it because I was still trying to understand health and I was still supposed to be that health professional. And it was scary. Like it was a scary place to be of trying to decide, was I a fraud? Was I a hypocrite? Like I was fighting that while also fighting for the truth of like, there has to be more. Like, I know that there's more in this space. And so I was kind of living in the middle of that. And I think you were one of the few people, I mean, within my family who really knew I was struggling. Um, I could put on a good face to be in public, but when we came home, I was rough, right? Like it was just, I was tired, panic attacks, sleeping excessively, long hours every night. <laughs> and I think just wrestling with the those questions that you just mentioned, like what is the root of this? Like how do I get past this? Because at the end of the day, like you you were trying to get through it. You weren't trying to just accept it. And I think that's where it got more difficult is that you weren't willing to just settle and just say like, well, this is my diagnosis. I'm just going to live with it. Um, you spent years trying to figure out and fight against um, just settling with whatever it supposedly was. And um, and I think that was a lot of the wrestling is just like, there's something more and trying to figure out, is it, is it a mindset thing? Is it, um, something with your body? Is it something with, um, 
the space that we were living in, because we can talk about that too. I mean, there's so many aspects of this over years that it took for us to recognize that each one of them played a part in the the journey from that point to where we are today. Yeah. Which also kind of annoys me even to this point is that I think that's what complicates this is that there was a lot of aspects that I was dealing with. Like, was it a previous infection? Was it a stealth pathogen? Um, obviously I was reacting to something in my house. And, and yet at the same time, there was a lot of different avenues that I've, that we've assessed and had to go through. And yet still it annoys me because it makes it seem so complicated. But really, I think when we break down the body at the end of the day, it was just, my body was overwhelmed from a lot of previous junk. And I would say even mostly a lot of trauma and emotions that I was holding onto or trying to carry for other people that was causing my body to be so sluggish that everything else I was interacting with was affecting me in really powerful ways. Because what we found was like, you didn't have any reaction to any of the things that I was reacting to. And yes, like my genetically, like I know that my body is way more sensitive I don't methylate nutrients as well as other people. Like I don't process through things. My detox pathways are a little bit more sluggish. I had to learn to pay attention to my body. But in the simplification form of that is I really had to get rid of all of this junk I was trying to hold on to and carry around because all of that was just that that survival mode was just causing my body to be so sluggish that I was reacting to literally everything. (laughs) And that's not the way the body is supposed to be, right? Like it's not supposed to be something where we just have to fear life. And this is what, this is what I want to change the story so badly because I know in the health space, I even listened to this, um, TikTok yesterday that someone sent me and it was hilarious because it was like, um, health in 2023. And it was like, he was eating a bowl of scrambled eggs and he was watching a video and they were talking about why eggs were so bad, like how they were terrible and they feed viruses and all this other stuff. And so he like spits them out and then he mixes up a bowl of oatmeal. And then he watches another video about how oatmeal is not even intended for animals because it's that bad for us. And so he like dumps his oatmeal out and then he drinks a glass of water. And then this other expert comes on and talks about why you should stop drinking water because it's not good for you. And he's just like, like, what is it? Like, there's no right answers anymore. And that's, what's so frustrating about this space And why yesterday I laid in bed and I was like, the world doesn't need another nutritionist. I don't even know what I'm doing. And you're like, that's exactly why you're here because you're anti-diets, right? Like you're anti all of this stuff that is not productive for any of us. And really what it comes back to is like, we have to stop listening so much to what's outside of us and just start to understand what is our body? How is our body being influenced? How is it responding? What's it acting out of? Um, And start to put more focus there. And that's what counseling really helped us to do in the study of the mind and why that's going to become a really big deal here at the living well. Um, and so we started counseling and we started to realize that we had a lot of bitterness and animosity and past emotions and traumas that we were living out of and putting on each other because we weren't really dealing with our own issues not because we weren't dealing with them, but because we didn't know how to, I think really at the end of the day, like, I think we were both aware and vulnerable enough to say like, yeah, we've been through this. Yes, we did this. We carry shame and remorse from that. But what are you supposed to do about it? 
Like, I don't know what you went into counseling thinking, but on the other side of it, four years later, what was that experience like for you and how did it change your kind of perspective about your health? Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking back to what I initially thought was going to come from it. Um, but I can say that what has come from it is a better understanding of um, how past traumas or past experiences and past things that, that we have gone through or I have gone through, um, how that impacts how we see each other and how we see the world and the people around us. Um, and then from that, um, taking that understanding and shifting it to be able to, you know, live a more fulfilled life, be more joy-filled, be able to take criticism or um, understand expectations better and communicate those things better with each other. I think those have been big benefits that that we've seen in our relationship. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a resiliency. And I think that we think that if we just go through hard things, we all develop a resiliency, but resiliency is really developed based on how we handle what we've been through, our perspective of it and what we do with it. Um, and I think without proper training or understanding, I think a lot of times we just repeat past cycles and well, we, we do, right? We repeat past cycles and cycles are so powerful because our body lives and thrives on cycles. Cycles create a sense of safety and understanding and communication. And so naturally that's what we do. But if we don't change the cycle, we'll kind of always go back to it. Um, but when you learn how to change cycles, well, it's not always easy. Um, you can see positive changes on the other side of it. The problem I think is, and why I've struggled the last few years is while we were doing a lot of that work, it didn't feel like we were gaining a ton of ground. Did you feel like that? Or was that just me? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's, it's like, uh, they always, you always talk about like peeling back layers of the onion, but it was probably three or four months ago, I heard a different analogy on, it's more like an artichoke. You remember that? Yeah. Say Where what like, it is. if you actually, if you actually cut an artichoke in half, the heart of the artichoke is in the center and it, it looks very similar to an onion and that has layers that, that you can peel back. But the concept is like, if you cut an onion up and you peel back the layers of an onion, you still have at the center, you still have an onion, but it's like with an artichoke, like the heart of the artichoke is the best part of it. And so like, as you're peeling those layers back, you're getting to that center part, which is the most desirable part. And so it's like just the idea that like the work you're doing to peel back these layers is actually leading towards something better than just I'm just getting to the center of an onion. Um, and I, I feel like that was kind of, it, it took a while. And that was something even yesterday, we had a conversation over lunch just about like, oh, not everybody has the same conversations that we do. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about it and just saying like, yes, having conversations that feel vulnerable or unnatural, like feel really scary initially. Like I would say for me, it probably took over a year. Um, like I could be vulnerable initially, but I feel like there's always like a guard up 
to help like prevent depth until, you know, I really got comfortable with things. And so I feel like you can be, those can be scary things, but at the end of the day, um, as long as you keep pushing through that difficulty and don't just give up on it, like it does lead to deeper, more meaningful conversations, things where I feel like there are many things that I feel like we're finally kind of getting on the same page about instead of fighting against each other. Um, and so I, I feel like there's a lot of things where, um, yes, peeling back the onions, understanding yourself, understanding your spouse, understanding people around you. Um, like it's hard, it's difficult work. Um, I'm not gonna, not gonna say it's easy. Um, but if you get to the center, which is where you're trying to get to, then obviously there's better things there than if you're putting all these blocks in place to prevent you from just living the way you're supposed to. Right. Because all those blocks take energy to maintain. You know, like I think about, yeah. we talked a lot about this, like how much time and energy we've wasted really like protecting the places of us that we hated. And I think so many people do this in the health space too, is like, they want all of these things to be different, but we spend most of our time trying to protect the places that we don't like because they feel too unsafe to almost let go, or they're almost a part of us, right? It's like a part of our identity and we don't know how to shift that, but our stories and our identities are subject to change. Um, and it's just kind of always reevaluating what is it that I believe and what am I telling myself and what, uh, what am I holding on to? And is it worth it? Is it helpful? Is it, um, helping me get forward? And so this year we committed to stop wasting our life fighting against each other. <laughs> and Which it's, uh, we're recording this on January 4th, so we've made it four days. <laughs> we'll update at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, we might have to do more frequent updates to keep ourselves accountable for that. <laughs> it's true. Um, a lot of time and energy wasted. And and I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we all do this to some degree, especially if you're starting out and you haven't done the mindset work and you haven't, you know, gotten into your beliefs, but recognizing health is so much more than just what you eat and how you move, right? Like if if that were the case, we wouldn't be in this position where we have just as many if not more people who are struggling with health than ever before because there's a million diets on the market. Um, so we have to recognize that there is more to this. And while it's not easy, it is somewhat simple to just recognize what am I thinking? What is it that I believe? Again, those aren't easy concepts. And I don't think a lot of people like to go there because I believed at least when I started counseling that somehow a therapist could help me erase my past and I could start new. And I think that's what we come to the new year with is like, oh, new year, new you. The reality is, is when you go through counseling and you start therapy, there none of your past gets erased, right? Like what's been done has been done. The reality is, is that therapy is to help you deal with that, to heal from that, and really to use that story in a better way. Um, and I was thinking, or yesterday I was doing some more research about this year and, and really what I want for health and I think at the end of the day, I want health to be understood as an identity, not just 
as what you do, but it has to be part of who you are because you see a bigger story in who you are. It's like the tool to help you live that out, but it's also part of that identity. Does that make sense? You lost me at identity because I struggle with saying health is an identity. Yeah. I think it's a part of your identity. Like if we, if we have the underlying belief that I'm so unhealthy, this is my reality. You know, like think about to the, some of the things I used to say, like, I'm always going to be here. I'm never going to be healthy. Like we're always, everything that we're acting out comes from our identity. And yes, like, um, there's a lot of great things that we should fill our identity with, but it's not, we don't just have one thing that is our identity. There could be one central thing, like we're believers, right? So Jesus should be our identity, right? Like that is an identity, but we also have all of these identities about ourselves and who we are as a human. And we're constantly living out of those things. And so if health is not your identity, then not health is, does that make sense? So like you either have the identity of I can get healthy, health is possible, I am healthy, not to say that that's all that you are, but that's part of who you are. Or if you're not believing that, then you're probably believing I'm always going to be fat, nothing's ever going to work. It's either or. I think you should say that with a little more whiny voice because that'd be more realistic. (laughs) Do you want to say it like I used to say it? Maybe if you know it so well. (laughs) Nothing's ever going to (laughs) work. I'm always going to be here. Uh, (laughs) Okay. But if I continue to believe it. Here's a question though. Yeah. Here's a question though, because you were saying identity. And then even when you, when I just interrupted you there, um, you said belief. So is it a belief or is it an identity? Well, you have to believe it for it to be an identity. So like, step one is to believe it. Yeah, you have to believe that it's possible. Yeah. I mean, we can't lie to our bodies. Like we know that in research. And I think this is so fascinating. Is and and I remember one of the first counseling sessions we had, and I was just talking about how I'm just like always negative and like, you know, I just want to be more positive. And and she told me to practice gratitude. And the, and I get it. Like we can we can retrain ourselves and we know that there's power in gratitude. But at the end of the day, if I don't believe in the things I'm grateful for, like if I don't really believe those things, they're not really having the impact, right? Like we can't lie to ourselves. I can't say I'm grateful for this, but I don't really believe that this is going to stay. So let me give you an example, right? Like I'm so grateful that I have a family. (laughs) But as someone who has had a negative belief system or negative patterns, I would say, but they might not always be here. I might lose one of them, right? The shoe's going to drop. And so I can't really be grateful for that because if I'm grateful for that, then I have to accept that as my reality instead of being prepared for what if something bad happens. And so at the end of the day, am I grateful or am I just cycling through a series of worry? Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense probably because you're like, the glass is overflowing. The water is unlimited. And I'm like working with drops of water over here. (laughs) Like I'm parched in the Sahara desert. Throw me something. (laughs) But so, so you have to believe 
It's possible. We cannot lie to ourselves. You cannot say, have an identity of saying I'm fat and then be over here and say, I'm just going to have this mantra that I'm going to repeat over myself and say, I'm so skinny. I'm so healthy. Like your body knows when you don't believe it. And, and it will reject what doesn't feel true because it wants truth. It clings to truth and it's going to look for supporting evidence within your life to support that truth. So inside of our brain, I think this is really fascinating because I'm a really big fan of truth and honesty. And I think it's so cool to recognize that truth provides so much safety. Even if it's a harmful truth, we know that in truth itself, it provides more safety than a lie that's more pleasant to hear. (laughs) Peyton's like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Truth is a huge (laughs) deal for me, right? So um, what we know happens inside the brain is when we have a thought, that thought in order to become something we act on or act out of or speak has to develop what they call like legs to stand on or these microtubulars that basically allow it to grow to become something. Like think about all the things that are coming in through your mind every day. If you don't really believe it or you don't really want to engage with it, like it just comes and it goes, like you don't do anything with it. But the things that we do something with, the thoughts that we actually have, have grown. So let's say, for instance, you've always believed you're fat. You're never going to be healthy. This is just your destiny. It's in your genetics. All those things people believe if they automatically, they come back on January 1st and say, no, I'm healthy. I'm skinny. Well, there's not a lot of supporting evidence in your life to support that. Like what does your body have to pull to make that true? Does it, is it pulling from your actions? It's going to pull from things people have spoken over you. It's going to pull from your past, um, anything in your past. Like everything that you've gone through is stored inside of your body as a stored memory. So your body's going to filter through it. If it develops enough evidence within your life to say, yeah, that's true, then it becomes your reality. If it doesn't, it just kind of gets kicked to the curb and it's gone. Like it's, it's not something you can stand on or fixate on. So that's where we have to come back in and we have to recognize, okay, this is my working identity right now. It might be, well, yeah, I did believe that it was just in my genetics. Yeah. I did believe that, um, I was just, health was just never possible. Like I didn't want it to be my truth, but I really, at my core have always believed this because someone called me thunder thighs in third grade. I always felt like I was the fat girl. I have tried numerous things and nothing works. I think it's just part of my genetics. Like we start to see all of these supporting things that we've developed over the years and that becomes our identity then. But instead of that, it's really starting to say, okay, I have believed that, but what I now know as truth is that while I might have believed it was just in my genetics, I now know that it's not just about genetics, but it's what genetics are um, are being shown or being activated. And I have the power to change the activated genes. I, so you're like taking what you believed. You're not dismantling that and just like trying to override it. You're acknowledging it while putting truth back into it. Does that make sense? This is what we did in counseling, right? It's like, okay, this is what you believed about yourself from this situation, but what is true about that? Like we're acknowledging the belief, but throughout counseling, it was constantly, but what truth is it that I want to live out and what do I want to stand on? 
yeah, because out of every bad situation, there there's a way to use that experience for good. Yeah. There's actually a research study that shows that the people who have maintained health, who've lost a substantial amount of weight or gained health and have kept it off the longest have, um, they've identified that health is there as part of their identity. Like it's, it's a belief that they are healthy, that they're pos- that health is possible and it's part of who they are. And I, and I think in my health healing journey, that's what I had to get to. And I think that's the point where I am now of, I've spent four years dismantling all these bad beliefs about myself. Um, re-identifying like, what is my identity? What is that built in? And I think our identity obviously needs to be established in something larger than ourselves because broken people can't fix broken people. Right? Like, so we have to see something outside of ourselves. We have to see something bigger than ourselves, but in the process, we get to be a part of that. And that's part of our identity too. Am I making sense? You're looking at me with blank stares right now. No, (laughs) no, it does. It makes sense. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like in the midst of this, those are all lessons that we've learned recently. Um, but what, what if we go back and talk a little bit about like all the things that we've had to uncover, not, not within counseling, but even within your health journey, um, starting from your crash and, um, cause like we talked about, like within counseling, you can peel back all those layers before you get to the center And I think the same thing is true within your health journey on like uh, where you've come from and where you've had to, um, what you've had to wrestle through to get to where we are today. So do you just want to talk through some of the things? Because you talk about like stage one kidney failure and some of those things, like what are some of those other things that you've had to go through? Um, and had to uncover within our life to uh, get to where you are today. Why don't you tell me what you're thinking? I mean, we've had to uncover, like, at one point we had to buy an entire new wardrobe <laughs> because we had, uh, we found out that we had mold in our clothing. Like, we had to go to some pretty drastic measures to, um, to uncover some of those root causes, not necessarily what was just going to fix the problem, but like some of those underlying things that were, that we had to figure out Mm -hmm. to kind of get to like a place of healing throughout, throughout the way. Yeah. I mean, obviously I had mold illness that they think was a rut of why I was getting, what was causing the self-infections to rear their ugly head, um, the Epstein bar and the Lyme. And, um, we found mold in our, our washing machine that was infecting every piece of clothing that we had ever washed. Um, not just a clothing little bit of mold. And bedding. Yeah. Um, our, my house, the house was making me sick and that was traumatic <laughs> in a lot of ways because you don't want the place that you're living and staying to be the thing that harms you. I think what I struggle with when I talk about this, and a lot of people want to stop here, and it is so important to understand that mold illness is a very real thing. And if you're living in an environment that's making you sick, it's going to be impossible to heal. 
I think why I keep going back to an identity and I, I want to come back and talk about mold. Cause I know people want to talk about that, but I think why I go back to that identity is sometimes I wonder if I had a better identity when I was doing all the right things, would I not have been influenced in the way that I was by the things that were making me sick? So you feel like your your body was down so much and your belief system behind that was not um, in the right place to where no matter what your body came across, it was going to react to it more than if you were in a better mental state? Yes. I 100% think that's true. I was not working out and eating well because I was a confident person. Um, I was in the health space to try and find confidence. Um, And I think that there's a very big difference in that. And again, I don't, this is what's hard because we can't discount the reality that moving your body and eating well and making sure that you're you know, trying to reduce as many pathogens and chemicals as possible is not a good thing. But I also can't help but think our bodies were designed to detoxify. They were designed to kill bad things. Like our bodies were designed to process through life as we know it. And I think we're living in a time where people are so scared of everything because we've been made to believe our bodies are somewhat weak. And I hate that belief because our bodies are more powerful than we would ever give them credit. And they can do remarkable things. When we really dive into the research, and I feel like there needs to be more work, and there is more work being done on this mind-body connection, is that the majority of our stress on ourselves is not actually physical. It's emotional. Um, In fact, some researchers estimate upwards of 70 to 80% of the stress that we encounter in every single day is an emotional mental stress. And that stress load is significantly different than a chemical or physical stress load. Because again, our bodies were made to process through those things differently, um, efficiently and effectively uh, versus we don't have a, a lot of great outputs anymore for these mental, emotional stressors. So it's kind of like this compounded approach, right? Of like, we want to spend all of our time in this physical world saying it's all of these chemicals and, you know, make sure you don't put anything on your body. That's, that's dangerous. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not here to say that we should just do whatever we want and live however we want. Yes. Mold illness is a really big deal, really big deal. But I think for the majority of us, we're still living with a bigger problem. And that's a mental problem. That's a soul problem. It's like, we don't even understand who we are as humans. We don't understand who we are and why we were created and what our purpose is that we kind of cycle through this um, disorientation with ourselves of trying to find ourselves in all of these external things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that does that that does help. And that, that does make sense because, um, you know, three, four months ago you were coming to me and you were like, I've never felt better. Like I'm going to start doing some additional treatments and additional things. Um, and all of a sudden that like introduced a whole new level of, um, uh, like bringing stuff out that was hidden, you know, in your body that we weren't expecting. And all of a sudden it was like, bam, it hits again. And I feel like, 
like you've talked about before and many, many times is you can seemingly do all of the right things. Like you felt like you were in a great place a few months back and you're like, I finally feel like I'm able to, you know, like take the next step. And I feel like this is kind of that last step of healing for me physically. Which well, was we no just idea. to clarify for everyone, which was to finally deal with my C-section scar. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's caused a lot of problems for me. It was a traumatic C-section and the scar is it's not healthy. Yeah. And it's been something that you've, you've wanted to deal with that, but you knew there were a lot of other underlying things that had to be dealt with. And you finally had kind of gotten to the point where you're like, okay, I feel like this is one of the last things that I need to deal with to feel like I've gotten all of these places of healing behind me. And then that started opening things up that, um, you know, whether it was like stored emotions or other things that were like trapped in, in that was a parasite in Epstein bar. Yeah. Was trapped in my scar tissue. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was like literally within a few weeks, um, it was like a a deep crash all over again, Um, emotionally, physically, mentally, like everything. And I feel like the reason why you were able to get through that so much better is because- So fast. I got through that so fast. Yeah. Like the first time around when you went through that, it was, I mean, we're talking years. Yeah to slowly work through that. And now here we are, you know, three, four months into it. And yes, you've had some really tough days days to get through some of the symptoms or years, but not years and weeks and months and whatever. Like it's, it's a matter of days, maybe a week, um, that you've had to deal with some, some things, um, recently, but otherwise you're, recovering from that so much better. So what you're saying is you feel like you've been able to do that because you have a much healthier mindset around your overall health instead of, you know, maybe what you had to go through, um, five years ago when you were just like solely focused on mold yeah, and how that was impacting you. Yeah. I was so focused on everything that was harming me that I couldn't see how amazing my body was. And I think even looking back at this, like this recent time. So in like October, September, October, I started doing some scar work and then I started getting some laser treatments on my scars and that's where things really lost their mind and my body kind of crashed again. Um, and yeah, it's frustrating. It's scary to go back into those places, but now I look back and I think that was only a few weeks that I was really in a a low place and partly was one, I, I'm so in awe of how amazing our bodies are at like the the fact that it's kept me so well while dealing with things that were inside my body that could have caused a lot of harm, right? Like it had trapped the parasite and the Epstein-Barr and it was kind of keeping my body safe until I started to disrupt that. That's pretty cool, right? Like what our bodies can yeah, do. Yeah, which that's, yeah. Like when you, when you explained that to me um, after you went in for a treatment and kind of figured that out, I was just like, it is crazy. I mean, we've talked before and I know you've talked about how we store emotions in different parts of our, um, different parts of our body. But to think that there was virus and parasite and some of these other things stored in that area as well, that like your body was literally keeping trapped to prevent it from impacting you as a whole. And now for your body to be able to 
like release that and start to fight against it in a matter of days instead of months and years like that it it just it it's crazy to me um the intricacy that your body has gone through to try to prevent these big crashes but that you're healthy enough that it's starting to allow some of that stuff out to to heal it yeah yeah i mean it's so cool like i think i have such a bigger respect for my body and even for the weight that i have not ever lost in the eight years um I've gained such a respect for it. Not to say that I want it to stick around forever, but I think there's a level of respect that comes with it to say like, okay, I recognize that this has kept me safe. It's going to work on my behalf and there's going to be a time and a place. And I feel like this year is that year where it's like, okay, your body is in a safe place. And here's the thing that I think that I've learned over the years and why that crash went so well, as well as any crash could go, is I think what we have to recognize in health and what I had to learn is health is not this, this place that you get where you don't experience any sickness or disease, right? Like, or injury. We are always aging. Like life is always going to have that effect. I mean, a hundred percent of people die not to be morbid, but that's our reality. I think it's getting to the place where we recognize life is always going to pull us out of balance. There's always going to be something, but what do you do to help your body regain that balance? And I've become really great at learning how to support my body, to support my emotions. Like I know when I start to crash, okay, I might need some more supplements. I need to stop eating these foods for a period of time. I need to get more sleep. I need to cut back on my workouts while, you know, just moving my body in a healthy way. So I know that there's all these things that we go through that work to support our body. And I think that's what's so powerful when you see health outside of just what you're doing and you learn, what does my body need today? Knowing it's not going to be perfect 100% of the time, nor should it. That's what's building resiliency. But it's knowing how to create that support inside your system. I think sometimes I want to call it like lazy nutrition where it's like, I don't get overwhelmed by finding the cleanest products and being so scared of putting anything on my body or even being super terrified about going into a moldy building. I'm aware of it, right? Like when we go into a moldy building, I'm like, you know, I'm going to take a step outside or I don't want to be in here too long. Um, I can, I can sense when my body's in those spaces that aren't safe for me, but it's also knowing I, I have the tools and resources to help myself through this. And that's been the biggest yeah. change. And that's what I'm so passionate about. And, 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 and it I comes from the identity though. Like I, every time I crash, I, I know my body's healthy. I know it's capable of getting through this. I know that um, the energy is there. How can I support it? Like I now have that belief instead of the belief of I'm never going to get through this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I was just reading something this morning talking about how like, the the people that complain the most are the ones that attract the most negative um, emotions and energies. Like the more that you complain and the more that you talk down about your situation, like doing that isn't going to make your situation any better. Yeah. Um, it's only going to allow you to focus on all of the negative. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the other things that I've recognized, and you know, we we're still. Um, we still haven't fully explored this yet, but just within each of us and how your body can handle something 
that mine can't and mine can handle something that your yours can't because now we're trying to understand like is there something in me that my body can handle that's getting transferred to you that makes you sick mm-hmm. and there's all of these interactions with us like you know you can you can be around somebody and you can emotionally sense when they're having a bad day or they're just not a healthy person or you know you can just sense that um but there's a physical aspect to that too that we're we're still exploring on like is there something going on in me that i just on a daily basis my body deals with it that would take me no time at all to overcome but if it gets transferred to you then that makes you feel terrible right um there's just all of these interactions within our life and i think like yes these are all things as you go through your own journey that you can try to understand and um and wrestle through and explore and try to overcome but at the end of the day you can't control what those things are you can control like you're saying your thoughts about what you believe that your body can overcome and if you're constantly complaining and downplaying and constantly telling yourself that your your body's not capable of it then it never is going to show you anything different and i think that's that's one thing within you that i've seen a huge change in you know we were kind of joking earlier having like a whiny voice like am i always going to be here <laughs> like i'm not saying that we don't still have those days but it's a fleeting moment it's not like constantly multiple times throughout the day every day for weeks and months on end yeah like it's it's like the frustration of the moment like oh this came up like <laughs> is this going to be here forever but an hour later it's like no like i i believe my body will overcome this like yeah. i i don't think that this is going to be here a week from now and it's not and i'm not saying that you know your mind has the power to heal every possible thing in the world i'm not saying that but i do understand your perspective of like it has more power than we give it credit for sometimes too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yesterday, (laughs) yesterday was one of those days where you came home for lunch. I was in a comfy that we gifted my daughter, (laughs) a comfy, which is like, which is (laughs) kind of like a Snuggie, basically a wearable blanket sweater that goes down past your knees. I mean, it was cute and I was having a bad day. So I was kind of pouty and you came home for lunch and we had some good conversation, but at, at the end of it, I was still like, okay, I'm going to go back. Like sometimes we have that tendency. We'll always have that tendency to go back to our old patterns, right? Because at some point they kept us safe. And so I kind of gone back to those old patterns, even though they don't really work anymore, but you kind of get there. And then after you left, I was like, that's stupid. Like it doesn't help, you know, like I know better, like, I don't really believe this anymore. So I came back and I apologized. I'm like, I'm so sorry that I acted that way, um, that I was pouting and I changed my attitude. Like, again, it wasn't like I had a great day, but I went out for a walk and like, I, I started, like, I started to support my body in the way that I wanted to change those patterns to my new healthy patterns of like, I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to have days when I feel inadequate, when things aren't going well, when I don't feel great. What am I going to do that's healthy that helps me move forward and get out of it 
And sometimes it takes me a minute to get there. Like I wanted to sit in my Snuggie all day and pout. Like I really did, you know, but like it doesn't help anything. Like it only makes it worse. And I think sometimes that we have those thoughts with like chips and like I've been an, an, an emotional eater. I grew up with an emotional eater. Like these are normal patterns that I saw, but I recognize like, yeah, I feel the urge to eat something right now because I'm sad. But I know eating that doesn't help my sadness, you know, like I like starting to see outside of some of these patterns that we have and say, what will help it? And for me, like going on a walk in or taking a bath or like I have these practices now that I know really fill me with energy. They really boost me. Sometimes I can't always feel like that magical boost but I know in the process, these are healthy things. These are helping to remind me that I have new patterns established, that I have better beliefs and starting to do those things. And that's what I'm such a big believer about in health. So I'm not your average nutritionist, but I do think health is possible for all of us. And I don't think it comes from these super restrictive, overly, um, what am I trying to say? Consuming health lifestyles. Like we're still supposed to live life. And make it fun and have it be enjoyable and live our purpose and our passion. And I can't think that. And slow down. And slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a number of times that you will come to me and be anxious or upset or whatever. And I'm like, just go take a bath. (laughs) Like, go grab your book and go take a bath. And you come out feeling completely different. Right. Um, And I think sometimes we need to have that space or that practice um, like there's three things I know for you, it's reading a book, taking a bath or going on a walk. Like of mm-hmm. those three things, um, you can go do any of those for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour and be completely recharged Yeah, from that. But I also think like in the process of all three of those, most oftentimes those are paired with spending time with Jesus. <laughs> being alone, like recentering on what it is that I really believe. And I think soul is such a huge part of this. Like we all have to have, we all believe in something and, um, having a belief in something greater than ourselves is so important and so valuable. But what I was going to say with that is, I don't remember what I was going to say with that. Um, it was important and now it slipped my mind. (laughs) So apparently it wasn't that important. It was, um, I feel like it, it, again, it's like that recentering. This is what I was going to say. I don't think any of us were put on this earth to just like be so focused. Like our purpose cannot be in health, you know, like health is supposed to be our tool to live that out. And that's something that even in the health space that I've been struggling with was because I, I don't think health is supposed to be as consuming as it is. And as it has been, in fact, really think it's one of the greatest distraction techniques the devil's ever had <laughs> because people spend billions of dollars and endless amounts of time and they sell their souls in order to achieve something that I think is inside of them. And, and so I'm in this space. I've struggled with that off and on throughout the years, but I think really my purpose here is to help you to see a bigger identity, to help you change those mindset patterns. And in the process of that, learn how to support your body so that you can go out and live. Um, because that's really what we were created for, not to yeah, be and I so think consumed with health. One of the things that I was thinking about earlier, that earlier during our conversation that just came back to me is health in 
our culture today is so fear-based. Oh gosh. Yeah. Because fear sells, right? Yeah. You're so scared of everything. Yeah. And that's where it's like, like your, your comment about like mold, for example, like, yeah, you could be scared of that. You could spend a lot of money trying to get everything tested and trying to treat things and do all of that. Like sell your house, buy a new one, like all of these things. You can go to drastic measures to build a house that can't grow mold. Like there are so many things you can do, but at the end of the day, you're still living. All of those things are being driven out of fear, Mm -hmm. not out of a belief that your body is capable of overcoming um, what you're exposed to. Mm -hmm. And I think having that understanding that, yes, you, like you said, you, you may go into a place and feel like this is not a healthy environment, but it doesn't mean that you turn around and run away. You just, you just know your limit on like, yeah, I can be here for a certain amount of time. When I start to feel this way, then I know that time is up. Like for me, you'll go in someplace and you'll be like, oh man, it, it smells moldy in here. And I'm like, I can't tell at all. Yeah. You have like no it has idea. to be pretty, like you practically have to have black mold growing on the walls for me to recognize <laughs> that it's moldy. You have to see um, it. Yeah. But, um, it doesn't mean that it's not there and it doesn't impact more people. I swell like a balloon that... instantly. Like I become like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> <laughs> you turn bright orange it's too. It's true. I swell. Like that's how yeah. I know when I'm being influenced <laughs> in a negative way. It's like, oh, you're yeah. really swollen today. Yeah. But I mean, that's, it doesn't mean that you should be scared of every location and have uh, some way to test the air quality everywhere you go. Because at the end of the day, like you said, yeah, you can handle it for a certain amount of time. And then after that, you know, like, I just need to go outside and get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. Whether that means you're able to go back in or you're done, like, you know, that limit. Right. And so there have been situations where, um, you know, you just can't handle it and we just, we leave and Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not bad. Um, but it's just like, you know, your limits now and as opposed to like, I always love this story because um, with our first daughter, Ava, when you were pregnant, like the number of times that you would go out on a run and you would tell me like two days later, like, yeah, I mean, I kind of didn't think I was feeling great when I was on my run and I had to sit down on the curb for like 10 minutes because I had these severe pains. And you're just like, you didn't listen to your body at all in those times like you I had no idea i was having contractions when i was running yeah That's why. and this was like i was almost born three months early yeah mm-hmm. um and you know like you you were at a fitness conference in chicago when you started to get this again and luckily your mom was with you and was like we need to leave and it was once you got back home you were on bed rest for two weeks and i feel like it three was weeks. that point Three weeks. Sorry. I did not miscount laying in a hospital bed. <laughs> three weeks. Yeah. I no, got my sympathy was, yeah, 25 pounds no there idea. for you. What? I got my, I added my sympathy 25 pounds for you. You did. Over that three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, I had no idea. But I, I think that's the difference between like being fear-based and forcing yourself through it. Versus, like, there are two negative ways you can approach it. Like, you can be fear based and avoid every possible situation, or 
you can say, I don't care what it is. I'm just going to push myself through it because in an unhealthy way, my body can handle this. Like I'm strong enough to get over this. It doesn't matter what it is. But I think you're trying to meet in the middle to say like, yeah, you should be aware of the situations you're in. Like you have to learn what negatively impacts you and what positively impacts you, but don't be so scared of it and don't try to push yourself through everything so much. Like live in that middle ground. Like you talk a lot about the pendulum and Mm -hmm. having balance and how you can get yourself way out of whack one direction and then you swing back the other direction. It's like our state of equilibrium in the center is where we really want to be. But I think it takes some experience of being on those extremes to understand where that middle ground is. Oh, right. I think it's always a learning process. Again, it's not like, I don't want anyone to hear us say like, oh, don't take care of the underlying illness. Or, you know, if you're having issues, don't not look into mold exposure or whatever, but don't be so scared of those things that you feel like they're the end, (laughs) like the life sentence, like understand them, deal with them, but also create some resiliency inside your body. and let your body do hard things, but support it. Yeah. Cause it's capable. I mean, that. the number, the number of toxins that people put in their body on a daily basis and survive, like our bodies are capable of handling so much. Yeah. Does it mean that we should do that? No, it doesn't, but you shouldn't be so scared of a few things that it prevents you from just living your life. Right. And I think that's, that's the resiliency and understanding of how um, how much our body can overcome that I feel like gets lost. Yeah. I feel like some people are so scared that their fear causes more illness than anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to wrap this up because it's getting really long and say, I feel like this year things are going to be different for me. Like, I feel like it's really time for my body to be pushed a little bit harder. Like I feel like I've spent the last eight years in this healing phase, which is like a really pulled back phase. Don't hear me say I'm going back to like beat your body into submission, which I I did. Um, but I made a list of five things that I'm really going to focus on this year. You want to hear them? Yeah. Let me pull out my I notes. hope you're not expecting me to have five things because um, you did not prepare me for this. <laughs> but, okay. The first one is discipline. I think we have a really bad view of discipline sometimes, or maybe me. I'm a little bit more rebellious of a person. So discipline is like, I'll show you discipline, (laughs) like bring it. (laughs) Uh, But like changing my perspective of that to recognize this is not just a means of pushing myself through pain, but a lot of the greatest things come through doing hard things. Right. And so having the discipline to do things, even when I don't feel like them, knowing they're going to make me feel better long-term. So having that long-term perspective rather than the short-term perspective. The second one is I want to do things different. Like I don't want to follow all of the latest things. I don't want to preach all the latest things. Like I just want to show a different approach because we can't expect changes doing the same repetitive things we've always done. So helping people step into different, helping myself step into different and just starting to see things differently. Like different for me is doing things a little bit different, but also having a different perspective of the same things that I've been doing. Number three is setting a direction without being concerned about the destination. Of course, the destination matters having this big vision of what health looks like to you that matters. But I think just really being focused on, am I moving in the right direction? Like looking at my day-to-day life and being more concerned about the direction than the destination 
And then number four is I wanted to spend more time dwelling. Yesterday when I was in my comfy, I spent way too long on my phone and we pulled up the stats to prove that. And I do not want that on my podcast. (laughs) I am very vulnerable, but that is very embarrassing yesterday. Um, It was a good reminder for myself moving into the year of like, I do not want to waste my life doing things that just mask my insecurities or loneliness with things that make me more insecure and lonely. (laughs) But what did I, what did I tell you after we, it was a good wake up call to start the year. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, yeah, you could have been down and been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Like, this is just going to be my life. Like you could easily go down a spiral in that. But I just reminded you like, this just means that you have an option tomorrow not to do this. Yeah. Like choose tomorrow not to do this. And now it doesn't matter what happened yesterday because you choose today what you, right. what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to spend more time dwelling. Like I think some of my greatest thoughts, my best memories are just from the places where I'm just am, you know, just am being. And then the last one is I want to do. Like I just want to stop thinking. I want to stop planning. And and I just want to start doing the things. And that just means being in the moment and I'm just going to do it, right? Just do the small thing and just repeat that over and over. Like not, again, not doing things based on how I currently feel, but based on how I want to feel long-term. So doing the things I'm actually talking about, those are my five words that I'm really like looking forward to focusing on this year. It's not just this big goal of, I want to lose all the weight I gained eight years ago, but it's really, I think in the process of that, I'm going to feel so much better at the end of the year and um, feeling better every month. And we're going to do check-ins every month and talk about new things. But I want to know before we go, what is it that you want this year? Because I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but I'm going to throw you under the bus. And the whole health journey that we've been on, um, after we sold the gym, we both kind of took a break from working out. We still eat well, but our life has looked different. I would and- say we eat well-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw. I'm you not the under one the that was there. going to the gas station and buying pizza for lunch. So Ooh. don't throw me under the bus with you. It's not always pizza. If I did that, I would. I would be so swollen. You'd be like, "You're going to the gas station again." I can see it in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they're on there, if you're on my email list, you know about my um, gas station obsession with iced tea and how I found great comfort. And just showing up at the gas station every morning. Why? I do not know. But I have since broken that habit. Because I'm like, it's so dumb to be so comforted by a gas station. It's because it was like your only human interaction in the day. It's true. It's just like, I see people in the morning. I'm like, wow, look at these people. They're going to work. They're living their lives. They're buying gas station. The cashiers are friendly. I know. It's true. They are really friendly. Okay. Tell me what is it that you want this year? And what has stopped you from being motivated? Because you're an Enneagram type three. And if you haven't listened to Enneagram series, this is a shameless plug. You should go back because it really does help classify how you work and what you need. But you're an Enneagram type three. And I think part of your problem is you put all your eggs into the work basket that you've kind of neglected. All the things that I think really fill you up. Yeah, but I think what I've found in the past and what I've gotten away from is having 
something to work towards, like having an objective to work towards. Yeah, and I right. Think, You're you so know, different than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, you do it because the act of um, working out is where you find the joy. For me, I have to have something to accomplish. Um, and so I don't know. I haven't really thought much about it yet, but um, I used to do triathlons. I've thought about getting back into signing myself up for one next year um, just as a way to motivate myself to work out more. Um, I don't know. It kind of scares me because I feel like the older I get and the less that I swim that I'm just going to drown one of these years <laughs> when I do it. I but was worried about you it's drowning like, very, like 10 years ago when you did them. I know. And I mean, that was I a very mean, real thing. Like the lifeguards yes. were scared that you were drowning. Yes, they were. Um, but I was fine. Do you like working fine. out? I'm still alive. Um, yeah, I do. What, I think, what stops I, you? I think one thing, I think one thing that I miss is when you had the gym, there was a sense of camaraderie with that. Like even being in sports, um, you know, you always did stuff as not necessarily just as a competition, but as like a means to work together. Yeah, um, I always thought you should join a gym or something like a workout class. Yeah. But you don't do that yeah. or like get a personal trainer. I don't know. Why? Cause of money. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. This is what's different about us too. And I, um, I think we've both been faulty of this in the past of thinking like, we don't have time. There's not enough time to do this. But the more I've healed, the more I've recognized there's not time not to do some of this stuff. And also I think doing some of this stuff actually produces more time in your day. Like you're more productive, you're more efficient, like all of those things. But I get as an Enneagram type three, time is a really big deal. And it's hard because you want to be doing work and a lot of your hours. Um, But I think for you, it's like recognizing it might actually create more time in your life. And financially, don't you think in the process of that too, like investing in yourself will create more? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's just getting, I mean, it's the key with everything, no matter what your uh, personality is, it's getting started. Yeah. And seeing, seeing a few results that motivate you to continue. Whether that's just feeling better about yourself or getting physically feeling stronger or leaner or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like, yeah, I think it kind of comes back to what's your motivation. Right. And I think if we, I think one big thing I want for everyone is to focus more on how you feel versus the measurement, because I think we can get so consumed in, Oh, I'm like the scale's not moving or this measurement hasn't changed, but like, are you feeling stronger? Are you feeling lighter? Are you feeling more vibrant? Because in the process, like that feeling is what's going to energize you to either keep going or not go at all. So if you're focused on the feeling of this sucks, I hate it. I never feel good. And I'm not seeing progress. Well, you're going to quit, right? Or I hate it. I don't like it. I'm seeing progress. Like sometimes the progress isn't even enough to outweigh the bad feeling you're experiencing or the perspective that you have. So focused on like, okay, every time I do do that, I feel pretty amazing. Um, and I'm more concerned about that knowing in the process of doing that and finding that pleasure and that feeling, I'm going to keep doing it. And eventually the results will show, show up. That's probably hard for an Enneagram three, because you're such a, 
you know, motivated by progress. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's one of those things that you have to get, you have to initially get past that because you have to understand that progress Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily happen in a 30 minute run. Right. But you can feel something in 30 minute run. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tired and sore. No, 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 no. Feel great. (laughs) Okay. We have to wrap this up, but every month we're going to have you on to do a health update. (laughs) What? I know. So we're going to stay accountable because I think this year, just both of us being vulnerable and honest and you listening, being vulnerable and honest about what you want and what you're doing and the changes you're seeing and seeing that progress can make all the difference. So, um, I have again, a health goal for this month, just a a goal for this month. And I'm not a huge goal person, more of like habit formation. So these are the habits that I kind of want to develop over the month. I want to know what yours are and yours listening to, I want to know yours. So please drop us a message at Alexa at the and let us know what are you looking for this month? What do you want to experience? What do you want to feel? Um, what habits do you want to form? And we're going to check in every month and hold each other accountable all month long. But also inside the Nourish Planner, every month we have a topic inside there that we are going to specifically be talking about here on the podcast together. This month was how to get healthy, which really boils down to creating health, not consuming it, which means stop looking at all these influencers online and actually just do something to create health. So this month, Peyton, what are you going to do? Maybe it could be as simple inside the planner. I'm just going to give you like a little hint. It could be as simple as I'm going to like create a vision of what does the health even look like for me? What is it that I want to feel? What is it that I want to look like? That's the challenge inside the Nourish Planner. If you don't have one, you should get one, right, Peyton? You even use it. It's not just for females. You love the planner. I do. Okay. Inside there is the health vision. So that could be this month. You're just focusing on creating a health vision. And if you don't have one, I suggest that be the first place you start. But if you already have one, then what could be next? I feel like that's what I love about you is that if I just wait, you'll answer the question for me. Okay. Do you have something outside of that though? (laughs) Um, I think it's just trying to figure out, we talked about yesterday, trying to just find a new rhythm with our, within our life. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's, it's easy over time to let, uh, you know, whether it's, it's work or taking care of the house or whatever it might be overcome, um, a lot of areas of your life. It's just trying to get our life back into balance. And so I think for me this month is just trying to figure out what that looks like. So I think that, doing the vision in the planner might be a good first step. Yeah. You've been talking about wanting to understand your values and stuff. And I think just digging into some of that before you actually put like a physical action into that is so valuable. Yeah. Um, My to-do this month is, is that I waste a lot of time in the morning. And I think it's because I feel like I want to get all these things done that really fill me up. And I don't, and I think I need to get right into these tasks that don't fill me up. And so I am restructuring my day where in the morning, um, my first things are going to be moving my body, spending time with Jesus, and then learning. 
And like that really just fuels me to get the rest of the stuff done in less time. Otherwise, I found just knowing tracking my day, I waste so much time. And then I feel like I don't have time at the end of the day. Like I'll always get the things done that I know I need to. Huh? How much time are you wasting? Uh, (laughs) So that's what I'm doing. But um, (laughs) um, I think even more than that is just moving my body in a way that feels like my body needs every day. Um, and spending that time with Jesus for me are huge. And those are now things I, I used to do, do that I've really podcasts. gotten away from. So filling what I said, now I see why people do two hour podcasts because it goes fast, isn't it? Cause real yeah. fast. Okay. Yeah. We really got to wrap this up. I want to know, we both want to know what you're going to do this month, right? Like, what is it? What action yes. are you going to take? That's going to help create balance inside your body going to want to stay tuned because we're diving into every planner topic, which are all how to's all year long. And every single month, Peyton's coming back on the show. He did know that. So we can't tell you he didn't know that Um, to talk about the specific topic, dive in more and just be open and real about our health journey and making progress this year. Now, if you don't have a planner, there's just a few left. I mean, not a ton, but there's some left. Make sure you head on over to thelivingwell.com to grab your Nourish Planner. And because you've listened to all of this, how about we give them a discount? Sure. I love being put on the spot for discounts. Uh Uh-huh. Because you're the one that does all that. So let's do um, Living Well as a discount and you get 20% off. Got it? Done. Is that good? Yep. Make sure you get a planner before they're gone. Living Well. For 20% off over at thenourishplanner.com. Grab the bookmarks. They're amazing. Um, And the sticky notes. I use them all the time too. So that's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful for you to be open and honest and vulnerable. I'm sharing a little bit more about my health journey and those five things that I wrote down for my focus this year over at thelivingwell.com. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Let us know what you love about it and also share it with your friends and family. To leave a rating and a review, go where, Peyton? Thelivingwell.com backslash review. It means the world to us. Thank you so much. Next week, we're going to talk about intermittent fasting, the new science. Is it something you should still do? Everyone's kind of has a different approach. We're going to dive in more to that. And then we have some special guests and amazing interviews coming up later this month. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>